And uh, Church of I know you've been sitting for a while. I just want to read six verses with you. Would you stand with me? We'll read, if you're able, verses 1 through 6 of 1 John chapter 4. We'll read these six verses together. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 6. Church of the very first verse here says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. I want to preach that on that tonight, of try the spirits. And on that thought, that's what these six verses are talking about. In verse number 1 again, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Verse 5, they are of the world. Uh, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Again, the thought tonight is try the spirits. Heavenly Father, Lord, would you again help us tonight as far as what words need to be spoken. Lord, I ask you to please help tonight's message, Lord, to be able to help people understand uh, how important it is who they're listening to. And, uh, Father, that we would try the Spirit, that we would understand, uh, Lord, that uh, there are people that would lead us astray. Help us, give us wisdom tonight. And, again, uh, just ask for your help. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Church family, John, uh, in his writing here, makes a pretty powerful statement. And, again, uh, without going backwards tonight, he starts off this chapter with beloved. So he's talking to those who are saved. He uses two statements here in the very first verse. He talks about believing the spirits, or, and then the other one is to try the spirits. And church, I mean, you know what the word try means, to test. Church, I mean, when he's talking about spirits, he's not talking about uh, the idea of spirits that are floating around or to the extent of um, really uh, we would think of demons and how they oppress. Now, church family, I, I believe scripturally that a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but a Christian can be demon-influenced, all right? We understand that from Satan and what he did to Job. Uh, as far as being able to influence. So if you're saved, you don't have to worry about being under uh, the possession of Satan, but you can be influenced by Satan. So when he says here, he's talking to Christians here, he says, now listen, you should not believe every spirit and you should make sure that you try or test the spirits. We understand that the spirit that he's talking about is false prophets because it's mentioned in the same verse. Look at your Bible again in verse number one. He says, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So here's what he's trying to say, uh, church family, that every speaker that speaks to us, whether it's a preacher or a teacher, they are of a spirit, all right? And that spirit is either saved or lost. Uh, you either have God's spirit or you don't have God's spirit. And he's saying that uh, as he's talking to these believers that you need to be careful that you don't just believe every person who speaks to you. You need to try the spirit of that person. You need to test the spirit of that person. Mr. Tramley, God's given you a local church and um, you come to this independent Baptist church and I think tonight that you'll understand why you go to an independent Baptist church in the sense of I'm testing the spirit. I'm trying the spirit as far as what's being spoken to me. Uh, it's very important that we know in our day to day, uh, a person can listen to the radio. They can listen to the internet. Uh, there's podcasts and on and on and on different ways that people can listen to different, different type of speakers. Now, there was a day that a pastor had a congregation and that congregation, the only person they usually heard from was the pastor or who the pastor would bring in. Today, as soon as you walk out that door, you can listen to anybody anywhere in the world. And I want to tell you, that's not always healthy. 
Alrighty? And I'm not preaching tonight that you should only get messages from this pulpit because there's been many good men of God that has helped us in our faith and we should listen to them. But you should test the spirit. This word try means to test, means to examine. This idea of discerning about what somebody else is speaking. I remember it wasn't very long ago, maybe a year or so, maybe two, I don't know, but it wasn't very long ago that a person had preached in the pulpit and they had used a passage of scripture and the passage of scripture did really not, did not have to do with what they were preaching about. And one of our elementary girls went to their father and said, dad, is that really true? Now that is interesting to me because that's what discernment is. In other words, you hear something and you wonder, is that really true? By the way, is that not, what he, when Paul talked about the church of Thessalonica uh, and, and the church of Berea, he said, hey, listen, they were better than the church of Thessalonica because they uh, looked in the scriptures to see if those things were so. All right, now we have a Bible to figure out is what, being, am I, what I'm being told, is it true or not? Now, this idea of testing the spirit, testing false teachers, testing false prophets, testing peoples who would speak. It's interesting that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when it talks about the gifts, that there was actually a gift for discerning of spirits. In other words, to be able to tell that if the person who was speaking was telling me the truth or not. Which is, I mean, you don't have to have a spiritual gift to be a discerner of truth, all right? Otherwise, we wouldn't have verse number one of chapter number four here, where he says we should try the spirits, we should test them, we should discern whether or not they are true or right or not. Now, church, I mean, in verses one through six, there are three ways to test the spirit. Now, church, I mean, again, uh, be careful that you don't look at this, uh, there's no way for me to see the spirit. Yeah, it's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the spirit of man. He's talking about the spirit of a false prophet or a teacher or somebody who is speaking to me. How do I know what they're saying is the truth? How do I know what they're saying is for me? All right. So here he gives us three thoughts in this, verses one through six on how to test the spirits. Now let's look at them together. Are you ready? Verse number two, the Bible says this, hereby know we the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is God. All right, now church family, do you hear... I'm going to ask this question. Please do not answer. Do you hear demons talking to you? All righty. If you do, we need to talk. I'm just letting you know. All righty. Privately, if you don't mind. But you do not hear demons unless, I'm not even going to go there, okay? But you don't hear demons actually speaking to you. So when he says in verse number two here that this spirit, every spirit in verse number two that confesses that Jesus Christ has come uh, in the flesh is of God, He's talking about the spirit of man. He's talking about a person who's speaking, who's preaching. Church family, we do believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. We believe that. We, we call that the deity of Christ, the divineness of God. In other words, that God, Jesus Christ, who was all God, became all man in the flesh so that he could die and pay for my sin and for your sin. We believe that Christ came. Church family, every person doesn't believe that. Look, look at the next verse here, trying to figure out on trying the spirits, how do I try the spirits? Well, the first way I try the spirits is to, first of all, see what they say. So verse number three, what do they say? And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. All right, now, church family, how are you going to test the spirit to find out who's speaking to you, what, you're, you're listening to some radio broadcast or some television preacher, or you're listening to somebody uh, on uh, some type of uh, podcast, you're listening somehow, some way, and you're wondering in your mind, okay, 
Is this guy telling me the truth or is he not? Test the spirit. How do you test the spirit? You test the spirit by, first of all, what they say. If a person says that Jesus Christ was not the son of God, I'm just telling you that's anti-Christ. That's not the right spirit. All right, Uh, uh, church family, Mormonism believes that Jesus Christ was the brother of Satan. That's the wrong spirit. All righty. Judaism believes the Messiah hasn't come. Wrong spirit. All right. Uh, Islam says that Jesus was a prophet, okay, but he was not necessarily the son of God, wrong spirit, all right? All you have to do is find out the first of all, what do they say about Jesus Christ? Young people, this is, you're supposed to test the spirit. This is not some adult thing. This is a Christian thing to test the spirit on whether or not this is the right spirit, all right? How do I tell it's the right spirit? What do they say about Jesus Christ? Young people, listen to me. Jesus Christ was the son of God. There are religions out there that believe that we're polytheist. They believe that we believe in many gods because of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the Bible is very clear that all three of them are one. And we don't understand it, but we believe it by faith because the Bible says so. Alrighty? So they can call us polytheist all they want because we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they say that we believe in many gods. But I'm just telling you they're the wrong spirit because Jesus was the Son of God. So when we think about this idea of testing the spirit, all the first thing I want to do is find out, what do you believe about Jesus Christ? Was he virgin born? Well, you know, he really, Mary, you know, Mary was not a virgin born. She knew Joseph and that's how Jesus was born. Wrong spirit. How do you test the spirit? What does somebody say about Jesus Christ? That's the first way that you find out. Look at the second thing you find out. What is, as far as what do they say, what do they not only say about Jesus Christ? Look at verse number five. I know we're staying in these first six verses. Verse number five, they, the spirit, they are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world and the world heareth them. Now, church, it's very, very interesting that sometimes if you're not careful, you'll get connected to listening to, to people about subjects that you like, that they preach on. But there's more than just that subject you need to be careful on because if they have the wrong spirit, you can be led astray. So how do I find out if I'm going to test the spirit of that speaker? I'm going to first of all find out what they say about Jesus Christ. But second of all, I'm going to find out what they say about the world. Now follow me, church family. What does the Bible say about the world? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What does the Bible say about the world? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What did Jesus say about the world? In John chapter 17, he says, you're in the world, but you're not supposed to be of the world. Now, I want to just tell you something. These guys that have these metro uh, uh, city type churches and, you know, they've got thousands of people that come out and they can preach on the how-tos on how to make money and how to have a good marriage, but they never mention the word sin. I'm just telling you, wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. The spirit that we need to be careful of that tests the spirit is the person that I'm listening to. What does he say about Jesus Christ? The person I'm listening to, what does he say about the world? Church family, this world's not our home. Our our home's heaven. We're not supposed to be part of this world. We're not supposed to act like this world. We're not supposed to love this world. We're not supposed to dress like the world. We're not supposed to talk like the world. God says, hey, if you're a friend of the world, you're the enemy of God, James 4, 4. Now, I want to tell you, the kind of preacher that wants to get up and we want to love everybody, we want everybody to love us, God says, you're going to be like your master. They crucified me. The world is not going to love you. 
He said, if the world speaks well of you, there's something wrong. Matthew chapter number five. So what I'm trying to say is, how do I test the spirit? God says the first way you test the spirit is what are they saying? What are they saying about Jesus Christ? What are they saying about the world? Just remember, we're not supposed to be like the world. That's contrary. I'm just trying to tell you that there's a bunch of people that have large churches and sometimes we look at largeness as God's blessing, but I'm just trying to tell you, largeness is not always God's blessing. Just mean, what kind of people are Satan gonna attack? Satan's gonna attack the kind of people that are doing something for the cause of Christ. And I wanna tell you this idea of come and, and come in and feel good and, and, and a lot of the services deal with the flesh as far as, our, as how we feel instead of dealing with our spirit on what we need to get right. We need to test the spirit. How do we test the spirit? The test of the spirit is that he says, what do they say about Jesus Christ and what do they say about the world? Look at the second thing he says. He says, if you're gonna be able to test the spirit on what kind of spirit it is as far as the kind of person I'm listening to, and again, he closes chapter 3 out and begins chapter 4 with this idea of testing the Spirit. Look at the, I'm going to read verse 24 of the previous chapter. The last verse says in chapter number 3, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. Look at the last phrase, verse 24. By the Spirit which he hath given us. And then he starts right into chapter number 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Now, church family, what's the Spirit that has been given to us? It's the Holy Spirit of God. The day you accepted Christ as your Savior, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, when I got saved at, at age 11, the Spirit of God came and dwelt inside of me. I know there are people that believe that uh, you get a portion of the Holy Spirit, and, they, and I won't get into the verses they use for that, but they, use, they say you get a portion of the Spirit of God the day you got saved, and the more you grow in your faith, the more the Spirit that you get. I don't believe that at all. I believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are not in pieces. I believe that when you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God came in wholly to you, and it's not a matter of how much you got of the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of being filled with the Spirit of how much the Spirit has of you. That's what it's talking about. So, how does the Spirit get more of me? All right, now let's, let's get rid of the obvious first. To be Spirit-filled, I must be? Okay, I've only said it a thousand times, okay? Hopefully one of the servers you weren't sleeping in. To be Spirit-filled means I must be what? Scripture-filled. How do we know that? Ephesians 5, 18, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Colossians 3, verse number 16, mirror verses, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So if being filled with the Spirit of God is mirrored to the verse, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, the best way to get spirit filled is to get scripture filled. Are we all together so far? But Jesus expounded on this even more. And I want you to look at it with your eyes. If you'll turn over to John chapter 7, John chapter number 7. John chapter 7, if you don't look down in your Bible, look down in verse number 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. Church, I mean, can I get ahead of the ballgame? Look at verse 39, and I'm going to go backwards on this, if you don't mind. In verse 39, the first phrase of verse 39 says this, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. You notice there's parentheses around verse number 39. Verse first phrase, but this spake he of the Spirit. So what was he speaking of concerning the Spirit? Now look at verse number 37. 
Verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man, what's the word? Thirst, let him come unto me and what? He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this spake he of the Spirit. Now, church, do you understand that this idea of being filled with the Spirit all goes back to verse number 37 of what Jesus said himself? If any man thirst. Listen, I'm going to go a step farther if you don't mind. Hold your place, or you can hold it if you want. Turn over to Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44, look at this. let's look at this verse real quick, Old Testament. Stay with me now, Isaiah 44, look at verse number 3. Isaiah 44 and verse number 3. The Bible says this in verse number 3. For I will pour water upon him that is what? And floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my what? Upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Do you understand... What Isaiah 44, 3 says that I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. And what Jesus is saying in, in John, John 7, verse 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, which he was talking about the spirit of God. And, th- and we talk about, I, w- I want God to have all of me. I want God to have control of me. The answer is sim- simple. Are you thirsty? Just why are you listening tonight? You want God's direction in your life and you want God to have total control of your life. It's going to come because you're thirsty. I want to know him. I I desire that he speaks to me. I I desire for the word to be opened up to me. It's not going to happen if you're not thirsty. So what's he saying here in 1 John chapter 4? He says you need to try the spirit. You need to test the spirit. That person that gets behind the pulpit, that person that you're listening to, whether it's on the radio or television or a podcast, that person that you're listening to that's quote unquote a Christian. And by the way, we understand that Jesus had already addressed this. He said many are going to come in my name. But what's going to happen at the great white throne judgment? He's going to say, hey, depart from me. I never knew you. There are people who claim that they're saved and people that they know the word, but they're not truly saved. What, what are they? They are deceivers. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I don't know what you're listening to right now, but may tonight be a warning to test the spirit. May we be careful that we do not just listen to everybody who seems to be right or listen to everybody who's got a following. How do I test the spirit? What are they saying? What are they saying about Jesus Christ? What are they saying about worldliness and lasciviousness and and a love for God compared to for love? What are they talking about? How do I figure this out? I find out what they say. Second of all, I find out what the spirit says. I'm not talking about little s. When he says try the spirits, it's little s. In the last verse of chapter number three, it's a big s. The Spirit, Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of you. Church, I mean, He speaks to us. He teaches us. He reproves us. What does He say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number, I think, verse number 18 or so? He says, quench not the Spirit. In other words, don't pour water on the person who's trying to speak to you. Don't, don't try to close the door, open the door. Listen to what the Spirit of God's trying to say. Can I just tell you, how do you test the Spirit? You've got a Spirit inside of you that tells you whether or not the Spirit inside that man is right or not. I think that a lot of times the reason a person is, you're saved and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, but the Spirit doesn't show you what's going on is because you're not thirsty, you're not filled with the Spirit of God. You're not given over to God through your prayer and your Bible reading and you're walking with God. 
The Spirit of God does not have control of your life like he would like to have control and to show you when things are wrong and when things are right. I know many of you have been saved long enough, you've been in church here long enough, that you've sat in services before, and it was like the Holy Spirit of God grabbed you. It's almost like there was nobody else in the room, and the only voice you could hear was not the preacher, but the Spirit of God speaking to you. You've had services like that. That, again, another proof that God speaks to us, and what's he doing? You're testing the Spirit of the Spirit that's being spoken from to you. A person ought to come to the Heritage Baptist Church because the Spirit of God that dwells inside of them, approves of the spirit of God that dwells inside of me as we open the word of God and as it's spoken to us to show me what needs to change and what I need in my life. I'm just afraid that there's too many Christians that they're listening to Christian radio and they have no idea of the person who's speaking to them through the radio, but because it's quote unquote Christian, it's okay. Test the spirit. How do I test the spirit? I test the spirit by what they say. How do I test the spirit of that person speaking? I test the spirit because of the spirit of God that dwells inside of me. How does an elementary student know when somebody preaches from the pulpit that what they were preaching about does not correlate with what they were preaching about? Because there's a spirit of God that dwells inside of them that causes them to ask their parent, something didn't quite make sense today. It's the spirit of God that dwells inside of us. Hey, since we're doing a Bible study tonight, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Let me show you some more verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Some of these I think they're good for you to see instead of me just reading them. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. You cannot discern the spirits without the Spirit of God. That's what this verse says. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 13. Sure, I'm going to read verse 12. I don't know. I should read verse 12. Verse 10. Verse 11. Verse 10. Let's read verse 10. I'm going to get down to verse 13. Verse, chapter 2, verse number 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his what? For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but who? Spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, and that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Look, look at verse 13 now. Which things also we speak, not, of the, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, don't miss verse 14. But the natural man, natural being the lost man, the person who's not saved, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There's the word discerned again, which is the same word as the word try, to test the spirit. Church family, a person who's lost cannot discern what they're listening to because they don't have a Holy Spirit that dwells inside of them. It doesn't matter how young, how young the children are at the Heritage Baptist Church. To me, that's one reason why children need to be in church is because they've got a spirit of God, that the spirit of God, John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16, the comforter is what he's called. The spirit of truth is what he's called that dwells inside of us, who will teach us and reveal unto us and, yes, glorify the Father or glorify Jesus Christ. It's what shows us that what we're listening to is right. How do you test the Spirit? You test the Spirit by what they say. You test the Spirit by what the Spirit says to you. Church, I mean, the Spirit and the Word will never conflict. Are you with me tonight? Hey, can I use the word dingling? 
if you're listening to Mr. Dingling, Dr. Dingling, and Dr. Dingling says something that is contrary to the scripture, you know what that is? That's the spirit of God because the spirit of God always coincides with the word of God. They can't be against each other. In fact, this word discern, are you listening tonight? This word discern, it's an interesting Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use, in other words, reading your Bible, reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know what causes you to discern on what I'm listening to, if it's right or wrong? Because you've got a Bible and you've got a Holy Spirit that, you, that lives inside of you that says, I don't think that's right. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, and you know the verse, for the word of God is what? Quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, listen to this, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, it's the word of God, the spirit of God, that shows me if the spirit of man is either from God or from Satan. That's how we know. We know because we have a Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. So how, do, how am I going to test the spirit? He said in 1 John 4, 1, try the spirit. There's many anti, many, many antichrists. Try the spirit. How do you test the spirit to find out if they're of God or not? First of all, what are they talking about? What are they saying? Number two, what is the spirit inside of you saying? Number three, look what the Bible says in the last thing here. I want you to see in verse five and six here. Verse five says this, they, talking about the antichrist, talking about the person who's of the wrong spirit, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world, what's the last two words? Heareth them, verse five, heareth them. Look at verse number six, we are of God, the we being John speaking. We are of God, he that knoweth God. What's the next two words? All right, so there's a group that heareth them and there's a group that heareth us. Verse number six, Verse five, last two words, heareth them. Verse number six, middle of the verse, heareth us. He that is not of God, heareth not us. Hereby, in other words, hereby, the people who are hearing them, hereby, and the people hearing us, know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, I know this might sound strange to you, but church family, do you know how you tell what kind of spirit it is? By who's following them. By who's following them? What group is hearing them? Can I just tell you, the reason you're at the Heritage Baptist Church is because you came to listen to a certain kind of spirit. You didn't come to hear Pastor Hanks because, by the way, Pastor Hanks couldn't have preached tonight. Somebody else could have preached tonight. But the reason you come to this kind of church is because of the spirit of that person that is preaching. And, and I know the Holy Spirit's inside all of us, but First John's trying to say very clearly here that there's a group of people that will hear them and there's a group of people that will hear us. That's what he said. The people who are hearing them are not hearing that Jesus Christ is everything. The group that's hearing them is not hearing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The group that's hearing them is not the person that's lifting Jesus up. It's just the creator. I want to tell you, he's more than just the creator. He's the propitiation for your sins. He's the savior that's going to take you to heaven. He's the intercessor that gets you to God. Those people that are listening to them, those kind of people that he talks about there in verse number five, he says, they are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. What are they talking about? They're talking about the world and worldly things and things of that sort. And hereby we, we hear, and that's why they hear them. Church man, that, I still haven't watched the video. It's probably good that I don't. But that idiot that kicked the Bible 
during a Super Bowl Sunday. That's the kind of people that listen to that. Amen. They're not of the same spirit. Amen. You know what John's saying? John says very clearly the word us there. And he says in verse number six, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Let's face the facts. And I know there are no perfect churches, no perfect pastors, but the kind of people that go to this kind of church, they want to hear the Bible. They want to hear about Jesus Christ. They want to hear that he's the only way to heaven. They want to hear how I can get involved to be able to get other people to know Jesus Christ as their savior. They want to know how I need to train my children so that they'll love God and they'll live for God. That's, that's the hearing us. And when John's talking about hearing us, I don't think he's trying to get a following like us. It's us. No, he's talking about the, the, that spirit. That this us is there's a group of people that believe the Bible and believe God's word is inspired and preserved. And that we're supposed to obey it and that we're supposed to live it. That's the us. You say, Pastor, that, that narrows it down. I want to tell you how narrow it is. It's about as narrow as the Pharisees compared to the disciples. There's going to be a whole lot more Pharisees than there were the 12 disciples. I want to tell you how narrow it is. It's about as narrow as a man that stood up and had his leather girdle on and, and he came out and said, hey, listen, I'm not, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And when it finally does rain, I'm going to call fire down from heaven and those 450 false prophets, they're dying. I want to tell you how narrow it is. It's about as narrow as one man called Moses that went against Pharaoh who was king of an entire nation. I want to tell you how narrow it is. It's a man called John the Baptist who came out and he says, listen, Herod, you ought not to have your brother's wife. And Herod, who was the governor of that area, put him in prison. I want to tell you, it always seems very narrow. You had the Sunday school lesson this morning about Amos, and it seems awful, awful narrow for somebody who was not even a prophet that would stand up and say, listen, Amaziah, your wife's a harlot, and you're gonna, your children are going to die by the sword, and this altar and this nation is going to go in, and he stood up for God, and he seemed like he was just one, but I want to just tell you something, that's the us. It's not going to be this large group of people. It's going to be a narrow group of people that are saved and have the Holy Spirit inside of them, and they want to live for God, and they want to do what's right. And there's going to be a host of people out there. They're going to have the name Christian on their name. But I'm just trying to tell you, they're following the wrong spirit. He says, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth is us. You know, I think sometimes we're very careful because we don't want to think that we're somebody and Everybody else is nobody, and we don't want to think it's us four and no more, and we're the only one that have the truth. We don't want to have the Elijah syndrome, you know. I'm the only one left, and God says there's 7,000 heaven bowed there need a bail. So we're kind of careful to not make those statements, but church family, there is a small group. And we know that just from the lost and saved, narrows the way that leadeth to, to everlasting life, and, and broad is the gate that leadeth to destruction. We understand there's more people going to hell than, there, than are going to heaven. So it should not be any wonder that there are fewer people that preach the book. There are fewer congregations that are trying to live according to the word of God. And you're not perfect, and we know we're not perfect. But church, I mean, all the way back to the writing of John, John said there are many false prophets. There are many congregations. There's many people who are, are teaching false. Isn't it interesting, and again, the verse that, bring to, that comes to your mind that you probably have already thought of, but 2 Corinthians chapter 11, for such are false apostles and deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 
Tristan, what is Satan? He's the great counterfeiter. Counterfeiter. He's the deceiver from the Garden of Eden, and he's still deceiving today. The accuser of the brethren. Can I just under, can, can we understand that there will always be people that seem to be right, but you better be careful to test their spirit. I don't use a lot of names from the pulpit as far as uh, uh, mega churches, and to be honest with you, it's because I don't know them. If I did, I'd be talking about them. I've never listened to one message of Joel Osteen or Benny Hill, Benny Hinn. I can't remember what his first name was, but I don't know who, whoever, whoever these guys are that they get up and preach and they say, uh, you know, they got these thousands of people that come to their congregation. I don't follow them. I can't even get up and tell you what their false doctrine is because I don't study them. And I'm going to tell you something. If all of us would get busy studying our Bible, you wouldn't have time to try to figure out if what this guy's saying is true or not. Because you wouldn't be wasting your time listening to these spirits that you have to test because you don't know anything about them. Except maybe that one thing, that one message that you heard. Can I just tell you something? You've got a book that you have and study to show thyself approved unto God. And if you want to know something, you've got a Bible. And you can study the Bible and spirits, comparing spiritual with spiritual, comparing scripture with scripture, precept upon precept. That We could spend all of our time doing that. We wouldn't have time to try to test all these other spirits because we wouldn't be busy listening to all those other spirits. How do I know? How do I test the spirit? I test the spirit. First of all, what do they say? I test the spirit by what does the spirit of God inside of me says. And number three, I test the spirit by what the man of God says. False teacher's audience, according to verse number five, it's going to be the world. The true teacher's audience will always be believers. In verse number six, you probably saw it, but can I say it? Can I read it again? We are of God. John was speaking. He that knoweth God, in other words, you're saved, heareth us. He that is not of God, not saved, he that is not of God, heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and spirit of error. Christian, I would love for every person in Lawrence, Kansas to come to the Heritage Baptist Church. But it isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, are we supposed to try to reach every person possible? Yes, we are. But church, I want to tell you something. If a person that's lost come to the service like tonight, they would never come back again. <laughs> Why? Because the spirit of God's not inside of them and they can't compare spiritual with spiritual because they're not even saved. And it's not that God's word can't be used in a lost person's life because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But this idea of testing the spirit of knowing whether or not this is true or not. You know, one of these days, God's going to take, Lord, I'm not that, I don't even say Lord permitting, in, in God's providence, he might take you somewhere else. He might move you concerning job or place or whatever. You should never move without, first of all, knowing there's a church where you're going. And you should never join a church where you're going unless you, first of all, have test the spirit. Every person that you speak to, you know, church, I'm not, I don't, this is just me, okay, and I'm not, if you do, it's not, I'm not saying it's sinful at all. I don't listen to Christian radio. I never get inside my car and turn the radio on. I, I, I don't remember the last time I've ever, ever even done that. I don't, it, the first, I never turn the radio on, ever. If I'm going to be in the car, I want to choose what's influencing me. I don't want to go random and say, okay, let's find out if you're good or bad today. Okay? Now, if you do that, I'm not against you tonight. I'm not trying to, trying to make you feel bad tonight. What I'm just saying is, is you've got to be careful that you don't just listen to anybody and everybody just because they call themselves a Christian. Amen. 
You have to test the Spirit. What are they saying? What does the Spirit of God inside of me say? And what does my man of God say? Now, I don't have people come to me on a regular basis and say, what do you think about so-and-so? In fact, I can't remember the last time it would ever, ever happen. But I want to tell you something. If you're questioning on somebody that you're listening to on a regular basis, you should ask your preacher. I'd be glad to listen to a couple sermons of that person and, and tell you, hey, listen, I don't know about this or I do know about this. and Maybe I know about that person. I'll give you one illustration. I'm done. John MacArthur uh, was uh, back in my era, probably the 80s, 90s, maybe. I can lose track of my timing. But John MacArthur was a great preacher, and he's probably still alive today. I don't listen to his messages, so I wouldn't know. But John MacArthur got up one day, and he preached a message that said this, that it was not the blood of Christ, it was the death of Christ that saves us. John MacArthur said, basically, that it was not in the blood, not church family. The spirit of God that is inside of you immediately says, but without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That fast. You know why it happened that fast? Because you've got a spirit of God and you've got a book. And the spirit and the book always go together. And the spirit of God brings to remembrance the words of Christ, which is all the book. And so that's why you think that way. So you know what? John the MacArthur, I'm sure, has so many good things to say about Genesis and the creation account or about possibly the miracles of Christ or the parables of Christ or whatever it might be. But when he said Jesus Christ could have strangled to death and we'd still all be saved. That ain't true. It was the precious blood of Christ that bought our salvation. So I'm just telling you, I don't listen to John MacArthur for nothing. Why? Because you test the spirit. Test the spirit. Trisha, be careful on who you're listening to. And I think 1 John 4, verse 1 through 6 makes it very clear. How do I know what they're saying is true by what they say? But what the Spirit of God says inside of me, and what my man of God says. John said, there's a group that hears us, there's a group that hears, the, hears them. The group that's hearing them, you better test that spirit. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight? Maybe think on, ponder on some of these thoughts.